0: Hi, my name's Louise Keenan and I'm an Associate in the Employment Team at Clarks Legal. There's been a lot of publicity recently about the Supreme Court case of Harper Trust versus Brazel and its impact on calculating holiday entitlement and pay for workers. The case specifically concerned holiday entitlement and pay for what were termed part-year workers. These are workers who are on a permanent contract, who work irregular hours, and who do not work every week of the year. The case impacts on workers such as term time workers like Mrs Brazel in her case, but also wider groups like casual and zero hour workers. So let's look at the facts of the case. Mrs Brazel was a music teacher at a school run by Harper Trust. She worked different hours each week depending on how many pupils had signed up for her lessons. Often she would work between 10 and 15 hours each week, but some weeks were a lot less, and she didn't work at all during the school holidays. She was engaged on a permanent zero hours contract, and like many teachers, she was required to take her leave during the school holidays when she was not working. Initially, the school viewed her as having 5.6 weeks entitlement to annual leave. They divided this into three tranches of 1.87 weeks, and required her to take the first tranche in the winter school holidays, the second in the spring school holidays, and the third in the summer school holidays. Her pay was calculated on the basis of average remuneration over the preceding 12 weeks, so in each of the school holidays she was paid for 1.87 weeks based on this average pay calculation. And this was, the Supreme Court held, the correct approach. Just a point to flag at this stage to avoid any confusion, Now, the law requires holiday pay to be averaged over a 52-week reference period for those with no normal working hours. But at the time Mrs Brazel was working, the law only required a reference period of 12 weeks. So when Harper Trust used the 12-week average method I've just mentioned, that was legally acceptable at that time. For some reason, in September 2011, the Harper Trust changed the way it calculated Mrs Brazel's holiday pay. It still divided her leave into three equal tranches, but it calculated her pay following a method recommended by ACAS at the time. The ACAS guidance said that if a member of staff works on a casual basis or very irregular hours, it is often easiest to calculate holiday entitlement that accrues as hours are worked, and it suggested that employers could use a percentage method to achieve this and to calculate the holiday entitlement and pay. And that percentage you may have heard of was 12.07%. I won't get into how this 12.07% is calculated, but in this case it meant that Harper Trust averaged Mrs Brazel's hours out across the term, calculated what 12.07% of this was, and then paid her hourly rate based on the percentage figure. Taking one term as an example, the old method resulted in her being paid just over £680 for the 1.87 weeks leave. Under the percentage method she only received around £450 so it was significantly less. Mrs Brazel brought a claim for unfair deduction of wages against Harper Trust which made it all the way to the Supreme Court. In terms of holiday entitlement the Supreme Court held that she was entitled to 5.6 weeks leave. In terms of holiday pay as she was a worker with no normal hours her pay should be based on the statutory formula. The statutory formula required her employer to average her remuneration paid over the preceding 12 weeks discounting any weeks when no remuneration was paid and for those weeks where no remuneration was paid, earlier weeks can be taken into account instead. It essentially found that the 12.07% method was a different method to that prescribed by law, it had no legal basis and it resulted in an underpayment to Mrs Brazel. Harper Trust's representatives pointed out that this approach could lead to absurd results. For example, an exam invigilator who works full-time for only three weeks of a year would be entitled to be paid for 5.6 weeks holiday based on average pay during those three weeks, so such a worker would end up with holiday pay almost twice as much as their annual earnings. However, the Supreme Court said that any slight favouring of workers with a highly atypical work pattern would not be so absurd as to justify the wholesale revision of the statutory scheme. It said that general rules sometimes provide anomalies when applied in untypical cases and it would be unusual for a worker whose services are only required for a few weeks a year to be engaged on a permanent contract anyway, unless there was some other good reason to do so. The Supreme Court further recognised that Mrs Brazel may be entitled to proportionately greater leave than full-time workers, but said there was no law against treating part-time workers more favourably and that the approach it had taken was compliant with the Working Time Directive. So, where has this case left us? Well, quite frankly, in an unclear position on what to do next. What is clear is that all workers are entitled to be paid for 5.6 weeks of leave, and that if they have no normal hours, employers are expected to calculate a week's pay in line with the statutory formula. Now, This means taking their average remuneration over the preceding 52 week period, discounting any weeks where no remuneration was payable and substituting in some of the earlier weeks in place of those. However, the issue is that it's impossible to tell what 5.6 weeks looks like in terms of hours or days for most genuinely casual and zero hour workers in advance. At the start of the year, you simply do not know what they're going to work. If the worker requests a day off, for example, how do you know how much of their 5.6-week entitlement is used up and how much to pay them for that day? It's extremely complicated and at this stage at least there doesn't seem to be any clear answer to suit all. Subject to any contractual obligations on the employer, it seems one potential option would be to break holiday into tranches and dictate that workers take these tranches of leave during times when no work is required, like in Mrs Brazel's case. Alternatively, employers could allow their workers to request leave when they would like it, but require them to take it in full weeks at a time, perhaps agreeing for them to have unpaid leave or simply not to be on the rotor for any ad hoc days they want off to try and minimise the impact of this. Neither of these options are likely to be particularly attractive to workers, and they may not even work commercially. Some organisations are suggesting that it may be possible to calculate leave based on hours worked over the preceding 52 weeks, excluding any weeks not worked, but there's no guarantee that this would meet the legal requirements. It would also require complex calculations every time leave is taken and the Supreme Court in the Brazel case was actually quite critical of methods which may result in overly complex calculations for the employer and it also made the point that the law on calculating pay and entitlement were different and this approach would arguably be treating them very similarly. It also remains to be seen if any organisation develops software that could help businesses with such complex calculations, but even then businesses will need to consider if it's the best option commercially for them given the costs and risks involved. It is an option for organisations to restructure contractual agreements For example, as the Supreme Court noted, it may be that if you have a situation similar to the exam invigilator example, you may want to engage them on a temporary contract and not a permanent one, but this is not without legal risk and it may not work commercially in any event. One thing is for sure, organisations are going to need to review their working practices to see whether the Supreme Court judgment could impact them and seek advice on whether they need to alter their holiday arrangements. This brings us to the end of this podcast. Please do contact our employment team at Clarks Legal if you need any advice on calculating annual leave and the impact of this case on your working arrangements.